0: Thank you, Brother Terry. If you brought your Bibles this morning, please turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, a familiar passage. We want to look at Ephesians 2. And then we'll look at Romans uh, chapter 12. Ephesians 2 and Romans chapter 12. This morning I'm going to share with you thoughts and sermon I've entitled, I Love My Church uh, by Serving. I love my church by serving. A couple of weeks ago, we began our emphasis on I love my church. We discovered the word church is used, first of all, to describe those who have been called out by the Holy Spirit. The word church in Greek is ekklesia, called out ones. And so you have those who have been called out by the Holy Spirit to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ and being called out, they place their faith in Jesus Christ for their salvation. Thus, becoming a part of a universal church, a worldwide church. Uh, one day, Jesus is going to return for his uh, universal church. He's going to tar- return for the, his, his worldwide church. He's going to return for his bride. And we'll be in heaven with Him as universal church from all corners of the earth. We have brothers and sisters in Christ scattered all over the world. That's the universal church. So the word church is used in that form. However, the word church is also, also refers to a local body of believers. It's used 93 times in the New Testament referring to the local body of believers. And so, really, it, it's quite appropriate to say, "I love my church." Uh, uh, this is this. I love Mountain View Baptist Church. Brother Ralph said that I love Mountain View Baptist Church. I love my church. This is this is where I worship. This is where I serve. This is where I grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love my church. We have a banner that says, "I love my church." A couple of weeks ago, we gave out bracelets may have a few of those left if you didn't get one that Sunday have a bracelet that says I love my church conversational starter perhaps someone's asked you what's that bracelet saying I have an opportunity to share with them and, and even go as far as presenting the gospel so I love my church we talked about I love my church in community We in fellowship with each other we are to love each other pray for one another work with each other Then today, I love my church in service. And so if you would, look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, and look at verses 8 through 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace are you saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. We talked a little about that last week in regards to salvation. Verse 9 says, Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Verse 10. For we are his workmanship. You need to kindly underline that word, workmanship. It's a very important word. We are his workmanship, created, notice, in Christ Jesus, unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We are His workmanship. The word workmanship is where we get the English word poem. Now this is really good. It's where we get the English word poem. God has a poem for your life. God has written a poem for you. For your life. He has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. God has a poem for your life. That he is is drafting perhaps day by day by day. The word is also comes from the Greek text here. And the word from the Greek means rhythm. We get the English word poem. But the word itself means rhythm. Meaning God is at work. And there is a rhythm. Rhythm. To what God is doing in your life. There is a sound, there is is rhythm. And God wants us to hear the sound and the rhythm of our lives that, that He's playing for us. We need to make sure that we're in tune with God and that we're fulfilling His purpose for our life. He has a poem, He has a rhythm. The point is God's created something specifically for you and it will make your life unfold like a beautiful poem. Now, Ephesians uh, chapter 2 verse 10 says, We are His workmanship. You're made for this. That's the purpose. You're made. You are His workmanship. Now, if you've experienced Ephesians 2, verse 8, for by grace you're saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you've experienced chapter 2, verse 8, if you've experienced God's love, God's mercy, God's grace, God's kindness, then you are His workmanship. Now, you, you may have been a Christian a long time, short time, just a few months, few years, 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. You may have been a Christian 60 years. But the big question is, what does being His workmanship look like in your life? If you've been a Christian for 20 years, what does being a workmanship look What does being a worker for God look like in your life now? How has the reality of being Christ's workmanship played out in your life to date? Now, notice, we're created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. What the Bible says. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now, if that's true, which it is, this is God's Word, well, then why is there such a pushback in serving the Lord? I'm just saved by grace and I'm not into that working stuff. (laughs) You know, sound like a Baptist? I'll come, I'll come, I'll sit there, I'll listen. You know, I worship, but I'm not into that serving, working stuff. You created in Christ for good works. If you have experienced the grace of God and you've trusted Him by faith in your life, remember this: work doesn't get you into God's grace, but grace gets you into God's work. Have you experienced the grace of God in your life? Then how are you in regards to a workman for the Lord? God already has a purpose. He has a poem. He has a plan for your life. And you need to discover what that is. Gloria Gaither wrote a song back in 1969. And we sang it at our church from time to time. We haven't recently. But it goes like this. I will serve you because I love you. I will serve thee because I love thee. You have given life to me. I was nothing when you found me. You've given life to me. Heartaches, broken pieces, ruined lives are why you died on Calvary. Your touch was all I longed for. You have given Life To me. Ephesians 2, verse 8 through 9 is one of the clearest passages in the Bible, how one's saved. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You had no part of being saved in your life, not by works. You, you can't boast about anything but the cross of Calvary. According to Galatians chapter 6, look, if you will, at verse uh, 14. Galatians 6, verse 14. May be on the screen. Galatians 6, verse 14. Galatians six, fourteen. But God forbid, Paul said, that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. God forbid that I should boast in anything except the cross. By whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. I glory only in the cross. But good works, good works had no place in me being saved, but good works have their place in me living out my salvation. Here's the point. No good works can produce salvation. Point two, many good works are produced by salvation. Therefore, joy comes to the Christian. Joy comes to the Christian just knowing that Jesus equips us and encourages us to serve Him. We're created to serve. We're saved to serve. We're gifted by God to serve. All of us have been given at least one or perhaps more spiritual gifts We'll talk about this as the weeks go on, and Brother Mike's addressing it, Norton's addressing it, Mike Norton's addressing it on Sunday night, how we're to serve. And we have at least one, perhaps more, spiritual gifts for us to be actively involved in service. So you have a spiritual gift. And that spiritual gift is, is picked for you and for me. Look at Romans Book of Romans, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Let me just read 3 through 8. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, all the members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. You need to underline that. We're all one of another. Having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us, Whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. So God has blessed you, He's entrusted you with this supernatural ability to bless your church and to bless your community. He's given you at least one spiritual gift, perhaps more spiritual gifts. It's a a spiritual empowered gift that makes it a supernatural gift. Uh, God's given you a supernatural gift empowered by the Holy Spirit. That makes it supernatural. And the reason you have that gift or those gifts is in order to serve Him. Now that's exciting. You say, well, brother, I don't know what my gifts are. Real quick, let me share with you how you may and find those out. Three things I jotted down. Number one, you experiment by serving. In other words, get involved in a church. Get involved in a church ministry team. When you leave this morning, our ushers are going to hand you a, a ministry team booklet. And you remember the little blue sheets? A lot of people filled out, but a lot of people didn't fill out. And this just simply says, after much prayer, I feel that God's gifted me with spiritual gifts and natural abilities to connect and serve on the following ministry teams. Well, here's a booklet of all those ministry teams and those that are serving on those ministry teams, and those that those that are shaded on each team are the chairpersons of those teams, and they'll be having meetings with their ministry teams and and figuring out and, and brainstorming ideals and how they can serve our church and serve our community and wherever we can serve. So you'll have one per family. The cost is too much to provide. Just an abundance of them. We made them here at the church, and Rita did this. If you'll notice, I designed it with our church in the middle, but the arrows are going outside. You know, they're reaching out. That's what we want to do. We want to break out these walls, break from within these walls, go outside these walls, start serving. That's what we're supposed to do. That's why God's blessed us with spiritual gifts. On the Welcome Center, if you haven't filled out a blue form, Go ahead and fill one out. You'll be added to one of those teams. Nothing voted on. This is where you feel like God has placed you in the body to serve, to work. It also says this on a little note I had in the front. It says, we're happy to provide you the updated copy of the ministry teams, 2015-16. Ministry teams assess related committees, assist related committees. Example, buildings and grounds committee, there's... Four or five guys on that committee. We you have a Buildings and Grounds Ministry Team that assists the Buildings and Grounds Committee. The youth, mini- the youth Committee, four or five on that. They have a Youth Ministry Team that assists the Youth Committee. We have a, a, a new team I'm excited about, Health and Wellness Ministry Team. And Jessica Thrasher, this is new, she's chairperson. And we want to provide ways that we can, for our community, for our town, for other places, and people that want to come, uh, different things that they can improve on health and wellness. May have blood mobile, may have pressure checks, may have, may have a lot of things. We want input from you. But we're trying to minister in the name of Jesus. So the ushers will give you one of these booklets. The blue forms are on the Welcome Center desk. So pick one of those up if you haven't already Experiment in serving. Find out what it is. Try ministry for a while. Ask, how do I feel about this? Do I need to serve here? Do I need to move somewhere else? That's all right. You need to find your niche. Another way you find out what your gift is, you ask other people. Ask some friends, those who you spend time with. Say, listen, when you hear about Different gifts. Which one comes to mind when you think about me? Where do you think I'd be fitting in? Because some people see things in your life that you're not aware of. They'll say, man, you need to be doing this because every time I turn around, you're doing this. And so other people will assist you. And then experiment in serving. Ask others, and then check your energy level. I jotted down, when you're serving, are you tired? Are you excited? Are you dreading it? Do you, do you have passion for it? How do you feel about it? Here's the point. Whatever your gifts are, they're supernaturally given to you by God. You're empowered by the Holy Spirit to do them, and not for your benefit, but for the benefit of other people. So, first, you're His workmanship, supernatural purpose. Second, you've been gifted by God to supernaturally serve Him with spiritual gifts. And third, we are to be a supernatural team at Mountain View Baptist Church. Now, your gift is not for you. My gift's not for me. Your gift was given to you, but it was given for other people. This is key element of spiritual gifts. First Corinthians twelve seven says, Our gifts were given for the coming good. Here's the point. Our gifts were given to help others, to serve others, to benefit others. Romans 12, I read it, verse 4 through 5. We don't function the same way. We have different functions. Verse 5 says, We're members one of another. That's kind of neat. You know what that literally means? That each member belongs to the other member. You belong to me, I belong to you. So your gift is not yours, but it's mine, and my gifts are not mine, but they're yours. We belong to each other. God made the church supernaturally, infused it with all of these gifts. All of these gifts. Think of the gifts in this sanctuary. Think of the gifts that are not functioning. Think of the gifts that are outside the walls, at home somewhere, laid up. Church is going on and got gifts laying around. My goodness gracious, what blasphemy. We're not ours. They're not mine. What I have belongs to you. God infused us with all these gifts. Therefore, knowing that, We should see the humility of it, and we should see the responsibility of it. We should see the humility of it because the gift's not about us. And we should see the responsibility of it because God knew someone else who needs your help and needs my help. Someone needs to experience God working through our gifts to minister to them. It's not about us. The church needs you. Your neighbor needs you. This neighborhood needs you. Our town needs us. That's why we opened the doors and had school. That's why the other day they called and wanted to know if they could have the the band uh, Christmas uh, musical here. Fine, bring them on. That's what we're here for. Our town needs us. Not because they need you. Or they need me, but they need God. And that's the purpose of the gifts. God, in His wisdom, and His plan, has decided that He would empower us with the ability to serve one another and serve those that are around us. You are His workmanship supernaturally. You have a supernatural purpose. You've been gifted by God. You have a supernatural gift. And we are on a supernatural team known as Mountain View Baptist Church, serving each other, serving our neighborhood, serving our town, serving our city, serving our nation, serving our world. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with a story about Elvis Presley. You know what I mean? No, I'm kidding. You can't do that. Eleven years ago, Elvis Presley's album, Greatest Hits, was number one in America. This was 25 years after his death that he had the number one album in America. In spite of his enormous success, according to his friends, according to his family, he died an unfulfilled and an unhappy man. The report showed that he died of obesity, and drug dependency at the age of 42. He'd, he'd be in his 80s if he'd lived. In an interview with his wife Priscilla, she said this about her husband, and I quote. Now listen to it, because if you've never had a desire to read your poem... If you've never had a desire to reach your God-given possibility, God-given purpose for your life, you need to hear this. Because Elvis Presley is a man that didn't. He was the king, but he missed it all. I'll quote, Elvis never came to terms with who he was. Uh, I'm sorry, Elvis never came to terms with who he was meant to be or what his purpose in life was. Priscilla speaking. He thought he was here for a reason, maybe to preach, maybe to serve, maybe to save, maybe to care for people. That's amazing. That's an agonizing desire. And that agonizing desire was always with him, and he knew he wasn't fulfilling it. He would go on stage, and he wouldn't have to think about it. He just couldn't quite figure it out. End of quote. Elvis never understood what we've talked about this morning. Elvis never understood that God created you and God put you in His image and then God redeemed you and then God placed His Spirit in you and God gave you spiritual gifts for you to serve at His beckoning call and His beckoning will. Listen, what is the service the Son of God has called you and gifted you for? What does God want you to do? To come on Sunday morning and to get up and leave? Not be involved except one hour a week? You think that's His will for your life? You say, God, what's your will in, for my life in regards to service? You just come once a week and enjoy the choir and See if it's a good message or not, and leave and see them next week. You really think that's God's will for your life as a workman created in Christ Jesus? Elvis, the only Grammy that Elvis ever won was a song entitled He Touched Me. How ironic. He'd go down in a room. I've been in that room. Some of you may have. And he'd listen to gospel music. And his favorite song was He Touched Me. Listen to these words. Shackled by a heavy burden, neat the load of guilt and shame. Wonder what all that was about. Could have been preaching. Could have been saving. Could have been teaching. Then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I'm no longer the same. He touched me, oh, He touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know He touched me, and He made me whole. Since I met the blessed Savior, since He cleansed and made me whole, I'll never cease to praise Him. I'll shout it while eternity rose. He touched me, oh, He touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know He touched me, and He made me whole. Let me give you a news alert. Jesus is not just something to sing about, but He is someone that you serve. I like what Randy Alcorn said. He said, one moment After a man dies, he will know exactly how he should have lived. Don't miss the purpose. Don't miss the poem. There's a rhythm. There's a sound. There's a beat. And he has it for your life. I like what Napoleon said. Napoleon said one day as he looked at the map of China, he said this, There lies a sleeping giant. If it ever wakes up, it will shake the world. Mountain View Baptist Church is a sleeping giant. If it ever wakes up, we can shake literally the world. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to open your word, consider workmanship, serving. We're all that are called by your name have been saved. And we've been created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Works didn't put us in Christ. The grace of God did that. And the grace of God will produce works in our life. We are your people. We have been gifted by your Holy Spirit. Supernatural gifts. And we're serving in a supernatural place. Help us to be faithful. Be with each person that's here. May they listen to their poem. May they know your purpose for their life. And may they not die before they fulfill that. In Jesus' name, amen.